Hey, good people, this is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey, I'm thinking about thinking, feeling, and doing. Thinking, feeling, and doing, that's my starting point. And it's... um coming from a couple of breakthroughs I'm having about myself or some some learnings some discovery that I'm having about myself and um, I want to unpack that with you all want to let you know I'm recording this on a Thursday morning it is um, February 10th 2022 and it's 1.58 in the morning I've been up for a couple of, a couple of hours and um, I have some housekeeping that I do want to share with you. I'll give you some updates. It might come through these reflections. But just so you know, there are some things that have changed in my world. And if I don't give this to you in the reflection, then I need to come back and give you some housekeeping. But I'm not going to do that now. Okay. But this is my starting point. I'm thinking about thinking, feeling, and doing. These are my... Three points of consideration as I start this reflection. If you are new to this project, this is a podcast where I am journaling out loud in a very public way. I'm processing my inner and my outer worlds, and I do that by um, using personality theory. The two that I use the most are Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram, Pushing those two systems together, I identify as an INTJ8. I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. Finally, not finally, i got to figure out a better way to say this, but I also identify as a critical race feminist, which means I am sensitive to how power shows up in the social world around race, gender, sexuality, class, and some other things like um, ability. But um, all of that shapes my thinking, shapes how I'm going to unpack my inner and my outer worlds. And um, it gives nuance to me, right? So I'm not just personality I'm not just going to talk about my personality. I'm going to talk about these other experiences that influence my feelings and my emotions and my behaviors and my thinking and all of that. So blah, blah, blah. <laughs> this project is unedited and it's unscripted. I am freestyling it, okay? I do have a primary podcast that is more scripted. I'm, been, I'm working on being less scripted there, but it is scripted and it is heavy. It is edited. That's not what you're going to get in this project. But if you want to know more about me, what I'm doing here, and why I'm showing up, please go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So I think what I want to do is I want to give some housekeeping. I think I'm going to start off with some housekeeping as a way to enter into this reflection on thinking, feeling, and doing, okay? Um... There have been two major, major shifts in my life, and um, one is a shift that has happened within the last 
well, really, 24 hours. But there was a setup to that. I was pre- I was prepped for this shift this weekend. But the shift actually happened yesterday. And it's major. And then there's another shift that's not so major, not so formal. Um, that has happened in the last two weeks. And they are, these two things are, these two events or these two experiences, they're making me confront me, right? So there are some shifts in my life. I'm the constant thing. I'm constant. So there are two major changes in my life, but I'm constant. But because the constant me is dealing with these two changes, it's bringing out it's bringing out different sides of me. And it's making me go, oh, that's interesting. So I'm experiencing, I'm experiencing myself. I don't want to say in new ways. I don't think they're new ways. I don't know how to say it. Um, because I think what I'm discovering or seeing in myself is not really new. I think it's more that they're visible or they're up front for consideration. So I don't think that I'm, I don't think I'm seeing anything new in me. But I, I feel that it is requiring me to explore it through a more mature lens. So you know how you go through life and you learn and you grow. You learn more about yourself. You know more, learn about more about the world. And then there's a side, a side of you that will surface. You've seen that side of you. Like, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, that's me. But now you're going to examine that very familiar part of you through new lenses. That's probably what it is. Okay, that's what it is. So it's not a new side of me, but maybe I'm going to put new, I have new lenses, new glasses that I'm going to put on that. I don't know. Anyway. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm stumbling here, but um, and I'm intrigued by this discovery of something that might be familiar, but I have a I'm gonna have a different analysis on it. Uh, my perspective might be different. Um, so we'll see. We'll see here. Let me let me get into it. The first thing that has changed, and I'm still in the housekeeping, but this is all is a segue into thinking, feeling, and doing, okay? At least I hope. The first major change is I've had a job change. It is a major change. Major. Um, but it's still within the organization. So I haven't had an organization change, but a major job change. My position has changed. And um, and um, if you go back and listen to uh, reflections that happened in December, I was, I believe it was December. My reflections in December, and then you didn't get any of that in January because I wasn't recording in January, but I think the two reflections that I, the two preseason reflections that I shared and maybe season four, I talked about frustrations with the job. 
And all of that, the reflections in December and then what I was realizing in January is that there's a part of me, there's an essential part of who I am that was not in alignment with the job that I had. And that's very difficult for me to admit because I believe as an INTJ, I can do anything. You tell me the job, I can do it. Here's where the struggle is. If the job was not fully gutted or scripted or defined, then there was an uns there was an unspoken expectation for me to perform a particular way. There was an expectation that I was going to perform a particular way for a job that was not defined. The expectation was not suited to my inherent wiring. Who I am essentially did not match the unstated expectation. So you might want to ask, well, how do I know that that was an expectation? If it wasn't stated, how did I know it was ex the expectation? Well, some based on some assumptions, there were a lot of assumptions that told me, oh, you're assuming this meant that you expected it, but you never said it. You never said that. You never put that expectation down on paper. You never articulated that expectation to me and to other people, but you were assuming it all the same. That's an interesting thing. I'd love to come back and talk about the difference between an assumption and an expectation and when they conflate. Okay? So we're going to park that. So I was bumping up against some assumptions that don't match who I am on default. And this is what I really, really wanted to get out of that position. <laughs> I wanted to perform. I really wanted to perform well. But in order to perform well, you have to have performance standards, performance expectations that were nowhere in sight. Nowhere in sight. So the job description wasn't really a job description. It was a list of things that I could do. So let's say this. I, I talk about AGOs. And AGOs, AGOs stands for Aims, Goals, and Objectives. An aim is very broad. This is your target. How do you reach the target? Let's have some, what are some areas that you would need to contend with to reach that target? But they're general. They're not, goals aren't really measurable. But objectives are concrete and they're object, they're measurable, and they are what I call checklistable. Check, did that. Goals don't really aren't really checklistable. You don't really check off a goal. I think over time you can say uh, that no, that goal is no longer relevant. Um, 
But to me, a goal can be refined. In that goal, you can be better in it. So when um, in my 30s, when I turned 30, I had a goal to be a public speaker and a writer. Well, I've done public presentations and I've published two books and I have one in the works that's already been written. It's already out to the publisher. Um, did I did I check off the goal of being a public speaker? I, I could say that, but I could still say I'm, I want to refine that. I want to I want to refine my my performance as a public speaker, which I do. Right, like I feel like there's so much I have to learn, particularly because public speaking isn't really now that I've learned who I am in other areas of my life, like other performance areas. Public speaking isn't my jam. It really isn't. So it's an interesting thing that I, in my 30s, at like beginning 30s, I said, I want to be a public speaker. I don't know why I said that. Um, because I have now experienced me in some other areas that I'm like, I'm really good at that. Public speaking, I don't think I'm really good at. But there's something in me that wants that it that, um, wants to do that. I mean, here I am on a podcast talking, right? Um, I don't know. I want to spend some time with that too. Why would I say I want to be a public speaker? I really did. Now the writing part of me saying I want to be a writer, that's not gone. I still want to write. It's very much a part of me. Um, and I've written and I've not only published book, uh, I'm not only a published author, but I've written blogs and essays. And, um, yeah, I'd love to do more of that. So, anywho, but in a, so to me, a goal isn't something that you check off. It's something that you refine, you calibrate, but an objective is something that you complete. I don't know. What do you guys think about my... Differentiating or delineating that. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> so in that other that other job that I had, the role that I had, there was an aim, and then I would say there were some goals at the grand scheme of things. But because I was working across five different sites, there's a larger organization, and then each there, the organization has multiple mini sites. Let's say up to twenty sites. This is a twenty-site organization. It's more than that. How those goals impacted. How that aim impacted each site was different. How each site was going to look at that aim and the three goals would be different in general. So the goals, the aim and the goals would be different. And I don't know how to say it. It's coming to me now. The major organ. Okay, I'm sorry, you guys. Bear with me. I'm sorry you have to suffer through this. But I'm, I'm really doing an honest reflection. I'm trying to figure something out. Okay. The large organization had an aim and had these, the aim had three particular areas. 
the aim had three different areas. One large aim, then then three themes within that aim. Okay. Each site then had to determine how it was going to go after those three areas. My job then meant that I was going to have to tackle those three areas based on how that site wanted to tackle it. But each site leader didn't have any concrete treatment towards the aims or the goals. Not really. So I come in, they all, they, they outsource that to me in my role. They wanted me to give the objectives and then also perform it. They wanted me to perform it. And, um, they wanted me to define the work and perform the work. And that's not terrible, except I didn't have what I say positional authority to really, really do that. If you're going to ask me to perform and define it, then I'm going to tell you that I'm going to say, if it's completely up to me, then I'm going to say that this job needs to be defined this way. The, the objectives, this is what the goal is, these are the objectives, and this is how I'm going to do it. And then there was the resistance. Then I was supposed to get your permission. Like there were some things that were out of my jurisdiction to do that job. I was bumping up against the power holders, each site leader. So the way I thought the job should be done was going to step on the toes of each site leader. And I was aware of that. So then I was trying to fall back, not step on those toes, but then I was falling back and then it looked like I wasn't doing anything. So I feel like I didn't do the, I didn't do a good job. I really do feel that way. But then I think I did. Anyway, it was a shit show. It felt like a shit show. No, no other way of saying it. And I like to feel like I've done a good job. Okay, I want to feel like I did a good job. I want to be able to broadcast out like, you know, that thing you wanted me to do. You see how I did it? I did it. You see, you see, I did it. Look at it. I did it. I did it. And I did it well. I don't know if that's an INTJ part of me or the A part of me, but I wanted to be very clear that I did the thing that I was supposed to do and I did it well. I did it. I exceeded the performance. I exceeded the expectation. And that, that, it could, they couldn't give it to me because they didn't understand the work. The thing that I was supposed to do, they weren't, they didn't, they weren't knowledgeable enough about it. Because of my background, I had more knowledge about the thing. All right. My counterpart who was doing that thing for a different, for, for, for her sites, she didn't have my background. So she could go in there and do, meet their expectations, but it wasn't really the job. But I couldn't do the job at the level that she was doing it because my training, my background was said, that's not the job. <laughs> but the people who had the jurisdiction to say what the job was or when was not the job went silent because they knew that I had the expertise. They knew I had the expertise, but they couldn't. So they couldn't really advise me one way or the other. I don't know if any of this makes sense, but I'm going to get off of it. It's really tough. So nonetheless, I had been experiencing frustration. There's work that needs to be done. Nobody's defining it. 
I am expected to define it. But once I define it, now I'm going to step into your territory, your jurisdiction. You don't want to give up your jurisdiction. You don't want to give up your power. You don't want to give up your control. But you can't do the work. You can't do the work because you don't have the, the knowledge. Okay. So there is a position that has become available. It's a director's position. And in that director's position, I will be able to do exactly what I think needs to be done for this organization. Take those aims and those goals and define it. Be very clear about what the goals are across the board and to help each site become more specific about this is what you need to do. So that when somebody enters into that role in my particular, in the job that I had, then you can say, this is how you do it. Here are your objectives. I want that job for the organization, not for the sites. I want the job for the organization to define the work, to define the performance, and to measure it and support the people who are doing it. That's the job I want. Okay. As I started preparing for that job and suffering in the current job that I had, I got a phone call this weekend that one of the sites, not one of the sites that I had been supporting, but one of the sites out of the organization needed a, a leader, needed an executive, needed, yeah, because there are multiple leaders, needed an, an executive. Um... And I got the call. It was a call that I completely did not see coming. I completely did not see that call coming. I talked about being on the radar of the CEO because I was given a special assignment back in December, November, December. Let's say December. I knew I was on the CEO's radar because of that special assignment. But how that special assignment ended, I did not really care for how it ended. Because I was given a special assignment and then somebody else was put in to oversee me doing the special assignment. And I don't like that. The eight of me doesn't like that at all. Am, am I going to have a supervisor? Yes. I know I'm going to have a supervisor. I'm okay with it. But maybe I don't, <laughs> maybe I'm not okay with it because I feel like if you are going to supervise me in doing something, then you need to know what the job is. Let's define who you are as my supervisor. I don't want to have the, um, this is how I this is how I supervise people. I'm very clear about the aim. Let's go back to this. I need to name this episode Aims, Goals, and Objectives. Here's the aim. Here's the big picture. This is the area of interest. This is the area of desire. Here's the vision. Goals. Here are components to the vision. Here are components to that vision. And and this is the how I this is how I'd like to see the needle move. Now, 
let's talk about, let's talk specific. Let's talk about clear benchmarks that will be accomplished, that you must accomplish to move the needle towards those goals so that we can hit the vision. When I am in a supervisory role, that is what I'm clear on. I set the boundaries. To me, those are boundaries. I set the scope. Here's the scope. Here are the boundaries. And this is how we're going to know you did a good job. Period. And then, I, and then after that, I check in, see how you're doing. Let me know, do you need any help? Do you need any support? That's it. That's it. That's my job as a supervisor. Here's the scope. This is, these are the outcomes. And how can I support you? Let's just check in periodically. Some people interpret supervision as an overseer. You don't really know the scope. You don't know the scope. But what you know is how to be an overseer and manage someone. So you're, this is the difference between the two. One is person-specific and the other is structure-specific. You don't know the structure. So you don't know how to manage the structure. You don't know how to manage the outcomes. You only know how to manage the person. This is it exactly. I am not to be managed. Now, of course, I don't have the jurisdiction. People are going to try to manage me, right? But I don't like it. I don't thrive in that. Don't manage me. Manage the the project. Manage the outcomes. Don't manage me. Okay. I didn't have a lot of people managing me in that other job that I had. The one that I took in August. You guys go back and listen. I was like, I got a new job. And blah, 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 right? That was August. From August through January. I really didn't have anyone managing me. So that was the flip side. That's why I try not to complain. Well, they don't have the project uh, planned. There's no scope for the project. There's really no clear scope for the project. Not in a measurable way. You got this loose vision. You don't even understand what the work is. But you know what? You're not managed. You're not micromanaging me. You're not managing me fine. Although I can't now come back and brag and say, I did the thing that you wanted me to do because you don't know. You don't know what the work is. So those that was the those were the pros and cons of that job. And I wrote I was trying to roll with it. When the CEO put me on a special assignment. It got, because it was a special project, I had a little, I had a better scope. But it still wasn't specific. But then he gave me permission to make it specific. But the work required not just specificity, but jurisdiction to hold people accountable. That's just not what the, that organization has done in the past. So the CEO is new. And I give him a lot of grace because, so when I'm judging the organization, I'm judging it because um, I, I, I don't, I try to separate that judgment from him because it's new or the people I work with because now they're all responding to someone new. I get it. All right. But at the end of that special project, he put somebody in there to monitor 
but to monitor, it was like monitoring me. How are you going to monitor me when you don't even know what the work is? You don't know what the work is. You have not been a part of the conversations. You have no idea what I've been asked to do. You're just being asked to be an overseer. I don't respond well to that at all. That is a big no-no for me. And again, I don't know if that's an INTJ syndrome or an 8. I know it's a type 8. But I don't know how other INTJs feel about that. I would love to know that. Okay. So because that project ended that way where uh, the CEO then had a supervisor come in and and she handled it well. She was like, she handled it well. We were, we became dialogical. We started talking it through and negotiating it. That was fine. But then she was more present. But then so in her present, now she, I have to do this job over here. But now you're asking me to teach you about the work. And I've seen two people, two People in authority positions take that approach. Well, just teach me what you want done. I don't see that. I don't know. I don't know what school of thought that comes from. But because now I've seen two people do that, that must be a school of thought. I'm now your supervisor. The thing that you are asking to be done, I need you to teach me. So now I get to learn from you and still hold you and then monitor you. It's putting a person, it's making them, it, to me, it further subordinates them. It makes them a subordinate. And it makes them labor. I don't know if any of this is interesting. It's, it's just ridiculous. So I didn't really feel like I was supposed to be teaching her about X, Y, and D. And I mentioned that to the CEO a few months ago. I was like, well, they're asking me to be, to talk, to be taught about things. And he, he kind of looked like that's odd. So, but what I will say is this, and this is why I think why I don't, I really don't, I don't really want to be hard on those individuals. Because while I have to teach you the thing, the, my area of expertise, you, they had an area of expertise that they were really knowledgeable in. And that knowledge is sexy. I'm deeply drawn to that. Not sexually, I shouldn't say that, but I'm deeply attracted to people who are knowledgeable about a very thing. When you're an expert in your field, oh, I'm, I'm here for it. Like that's just appealing to me. I want to be around you. I want to learn for you, but it's exciting for me. And they had that. They they each had that. However, I didn't like the fact of having to teach you my area of expertise. And I was still going to be a subordinate to you because I believe knowledge is a power. Knowledge is power. I'm not sharing my knowledge with you if I don't have power. I am not going to share my knowledge with you and I stay a subordinate. We need to do a reflection on that, you guys. 
I don't know if that's again, I don't know if that's INTJ or the eight part of me. I think that's if in the INTJ, I think that's my extroverted thinking talking. Like I think TI users share information. Excuse me, I've said this before. I'm not sharing information just for the sake of sharing it. And I think I told you I had a coworker who has TI in her stack. And she's like, well, I think when you share information, it, it gives you credibility. You know what gives me credibility? It's hit, hitting, making outcomes, achieving a thing, getting results done, getting results rather, getting things done, getting results. That's what gives me credibility. Not, not talking about, not talking it. Not sharing information. I'm a doer. You see that? That's the connection to the reflection. Thinking, feeling, and doing. I'm a doer. And doing is not talking. It's getting measurable, creating measurable changes in my environment. I tell people I'm an impact person. So let me clean that up. I don't want to just do, think, feel, and do. As in, I just want to be busy. No. I don't want to just spend energy. No. I want to make a change for the better. And I don't want to just do any kind of change. Impact for the better. And the previous position was not designed for me to do that. So when the CEO pulled me on a, put me on a special project, I got a chance to have some impact. But I didn't get a chance. But then when he put my supervisor and said to talk and to be present, it really complicated it. And then I had to go in. And then I had to start. It was a separate, it was like managing. The project became multidimensional. And I had to manage both projects. And then because she didn't have a knowledge base about the project, nor she doesn't have my expertise. Then I ended up having to, I started having weekly meetings and I had to start educating her. So I was running weekly meetings. So initially we were having weekly meetings that it was just two of my supervisor and I, and it didn't look like I was driving the meetings, but I kind of was. So every time we met, I would write her a letter. This is my thinking. And then the meeting would be driven out of the letter that I wrote her. So it was like a a very indirect way of me driving it. But part of the thing we had agreed on is then we brought other people into the meeting and then I was going to be the person leading that meeting. I was not excited about doing that, but I felt like it had to be done. So she made the comment like, I feel like we were just starting to make progress. Yeah, we were (laughs) Through through my leadership. So anyway, I got a phone call this weekend that one of the sites needed a, a, a kind of a, an executive lead over the site, and I was asked to do it, not to be the assistant, but to be the head, the head, the head, uh, head leader, if you will, head manager, if you will. And I don't like management positions, but anyway. But it's not just a management position. It's a leadership. And I told him, I said, I'm not a manager. I'm a developer. I like to get things done. And so he said, that's what he wanted. Here's where it's a little bit complicated. I'm not a, I'm not permanently in this position right now. I'm an interim. My title is interim. I'm going to be in this position for three months. 
So he's treating me, he's talking to me as though he wants to see change. There's not a lot of change you can do in three months, but there's going to be some change, believe it or not. For example, there's a change that's going to happen today. Like I, I started the job yesterday. I called a meeting, a, uh, a, a voluntary meeting. And I said, these are the things we're going to do tomorrow. I want your, this is what I want to do tomorrow. I want your input. We are in agreement. This is what we're doing tomorrow. <laughs> so already I went in and I implemented a change from day one. Right. So I do think that there are things I'm going to be able to do in the three month time period that I have. I may not have three months, but I have up to three months and I could have longer than three months, but I still want the other job. The other job that is about the the work, the original, the original goal that I went into that position to do, the original goal, I want to see it through, but I want to see it through from a different level of jurisdiction, a different level of authority, because in order to get that done, I have to be able to hold people accountable. I have, I have jurisdiction now for one site. I want jurisdiction for multiple sites. I really do. Not because I'm power hungry, but because of the thing that needs to get done. There is an area I'm trying to, and I'm trying not to be specific. Um, let's say I'm hired to plant apple trees. They just, the organization want more apple trees. I can talk about the, I don't even know why I'm using this as a metaphor because I don't know anything about apple trees. Okay, let me use something I know better. The organization wants to write a book with multiple chapters, okay? They, they want a book done. They want, they want, they want to be known as being able to produce these kind of books. They want some books put out in the real world and they, they know the topic of the book, but that's all they know. That's all they've said. They know this topic and they believe this topic uh, has these three subtopics. That's it. They don't know anything about writing. They don't know anything about editing. They don't know anything about the process of writing and editing. They don't have any infrastructures in place for the writing and the editing process. None of that. All they know is that they want some books out in the world that will cover this topic and these three subtopics. So all of the players that are going to be a part of getting these books out, you can coach them, you can train them, but after you coach and train, how do you ensure that the writing and the editing and the publishing is going to happen? So I, we sit down, we, we train you on what the writing process is. Now you're supposed to write. Then we give you a coach. We coach you on the writing process. And then we look and you're not writing. And if you are writing, you're not writing about the topics that we said. Then we come back and we do more training and we do more coaching. And then we look up, you're still not writing about the topic. At some point, there has to be clear outcomes. This is what we're agreeing to at this time. And that's just not there. 
It's not there. A lot of training, a lot of coaching, but there is no clear, this is the, this is when we want the book done. We want the book done. This is what we want the book to look like. And we want it done at this time. There's none of that. And I think somebody needs to be in a position to create some deadlines and some outcomes and to be able to hold people accountable. I think that's necessary. I don't mind you giving, you can hold me accountable. You tell me the, the outline that you tell me the scope and the outcome and the deadline. You don't have to come. You're not going to have to come back and say, yo, I thought we said you're going to do this. I'm going to be all over it ahead of time. I'm going to keep you posted. Remember you said you wanted this. This is what I'm doing. Here are my outcomes. I'm going to do that. Not everybody functions like that. And I'm more than likely going to say, I know you think it should be done this way, but I think there's a better way to do it. <laughs> I'm more than likely going to do that. And so, so I ultimately want to go back. So this, I'm set as an interim to do something for 12 weeks. I ultimately want to go back to the area of, but in a different position for the, the topic. There's a topic that I'm committed to. It's around social justice. I want to go back to the social justice topic and I want to be better positioned to get out, to get results. Do I mind, do I want to, do I mind training? No, I don't mind training. Do I mind coaching? I don't mind coaching. I think those are primary strategies to get, to get performance and production out of people. That's the primary way to get production and performance. Train and coach after you set a clear scope. After you set clear aims, goals, and objectives. After that, you set the aims, goals, and objectives, and then you begin to train and coach for those outcomes. And then after, and then there has to be a time where you say, are you doing it? Did you meet the deadline? It's gotta be some outcomes. There has, there has to be deadlines and outcomes. And then we need to have a conversation. If you did not meet the deadline, if you did not produce the outcomes, there needs to be a conversation as to why. You need more training? Do you need more coaching? Do you need to be in a different position? Those are the kinds of conversations that also have to be um, available, presented. And only a supervisor, excuse me, a person with authority and jurisdiction can do that. All right. So I have given that for something else, but it's a different topic. So now I'm given jurisdiction, right? I now have jurisdiction, authority to create scope, to follow, but it's a different topic. But because of who I am, I'm going to incorporate that original topic into this work, but I want to influence that topic. I want the, across multiple sites. That's ultimately what I want to do. I would be ecstatic to do that. But... But like my CEO told me when he called me this weekend and he asked me to take this on, he said, this is going to better position you to do the thing you want to do. And in a way, I can see that. I hope he's not pulling my leg, right? I hope he's not BSing me because I can see that. If I want to then get it, have an impact across multiple sites, it might give me credibility for me to say, look at what I did at one site. I did that. Now let me help you to do it. It might help. So I'm trusting him, but I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know because he's new in his work. So he hasn't been able to 
he hasn't been able to produce a lot of results yet either. He's been putting out a lot of fires. And that in that way, he's producing results. So I'm, I'm here for it. So anyway, so yesterday I started the new job. Same organization, new job. N- new level of jurisdiction. And that is interesting. And it's a lot of work and a huge responsibility. Huge. It's a huge responsibility. So how the person, who, my predecessor handled it, I'm not going to be handling it that way. So there's a lot of training that I'm going to have to do. Rebranding. I know the person before you did it this way. This is how I'm doing it. Um, and then again, I'm trying to talk to them and send a window, a 12-week scope. We have 12 weeks. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be with you beyond 12 weeks, but here's my thing. At the end of 12 weeks, we can say, whoever takes this job in 12 weeks, we want to give them a different site. We want to turn this organiz- this branch over in a way that does not look it's not going to look, it's going to look different than it looks today. That's what we're going to do. And most people are on board with that. I know there are going to be hiccups. I know there are going to be hiccups. I know there's going to be resistance. And, uh, and I'm not, I'm going to have to process it. You guys are going to have to be comfortable with me speaking in metaphor, more metaphors, clumsy metaphors, or sloppy metaphors, incomplete metaphors, mixed metaphors, until I can perfect talking about it without talking specifics. Because I want to honor the people I'm supporting. You know, I want to protect them. So I'm going to have to learn to do that in a way that, you know, continue to protect. That's what I did all last year. I never revealed any names and position, you know, titles and stuff. So anyway, <sighs> so aims, goals, and objectives is what, I, what I, I've talked about that, you know, and supervision and product at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is not even about supervision. It's about production. It's about performance. And I think I like the word production better than perform. Because performing is dispositional. How you, It's personal. How you think I should be performing in that. But if we, if we, let's go back to the book metaphor, right? We have three people. I say, I want you to write a book about, let's say, social justice. I want you to write a book about social justice. And in that book, I want these, I want these uh, four takeaways. Each three, each, I have three people who I've, I've now commissioned to write a book about social justice with these four takeaways. Each of the three, each person is going to approach that differently. They're going to have a different writing strategy. They're going to have a different research strategy. They're going to have a different editing strategy. They're going to have a different way of checking in. And performance is how they go about the work. Production is what they accomplish. Don't measure me on performance. Measure me on 
the outcomes. That's how I want to be measured. But I've said this so many times in the past in my, since I've been in leadership roles. Most people, most people supervise and manage people because, because they don't know the production. They don't know what they want produced. So because I don't know what I want produced, I'm going to manage the people side of it. And maybe they do that because they think the person's going to know the production. I'm going to manage you and then you and you tell me what the production is. No, baby, I'm not going to. No, I don't believe in that. So, But to every leadership style are pros and cons, right? So my style of leading, leading may not work for everybody. I get that. But I hope one of the things I think, I hope, I really do, I hope my strength as a leader is I'm not, I not only have a leadership style, I'm communicating to you what that is. I'm communicating to you what that is. I'm talking to you about the pros and cons. And I'm telling you, I know that there are blind spots. I'm inviting you to share that with me. So, for example, um, I met with one of, I met with one of, one person. It's so interesting. I met with a, person yesterday and I said come up with a proposal what do you what are some changes you want to see come up with a proposal so I can look at how to support you in that proposal that's what I want to do at the end of the day I'm the impact I want to have is to make that site better that site that branch better and if people already have an idea how to make it better then I want to support that Right? Doesn't have to be my. I just want to make sure it's better. I have an idea what better is, but if you have specifics inside of that, let's go with it. So I met with her, and 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 she kept trying to talk to me about the whole organization, the whole the whole site. I said, I'm not asking you to tell me about the whole site. I'm asking you to tell me about your particular role. But now I understand. So then I brought everybody together. And I'm talking to everybody, and then she talks up. She speaks up. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't really want to have people do X, Y, and Z. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> just like, this is the point. She could have said that to me one-on-one, right? But now if I'm in front of the entire staff, I'm in front of the entire team, I'm now leading this. When you get in front, you lead. Now, when we collaborate individually, because honestly, when we collaborate and you say you want to get in front and drive it, then guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you get in front and you're going to drive it and then I'm going to support your role to drive it. One driver though, right? When I'm driving, I don't want a co-pilot driving it. And I told my supervisor this because my supervisor was like, I can be on site. No, no, no. No, no, no. I'm doing that. And if you don't trust me to drive, then don't put... I'm I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have a backseat driver. That's what I'm not... I'm not going to have a backseat driver. Now, if there's some an area you want to drive in, then I'm going to put you in that driver's seat. And I'm going to support you. I'm going to protect you in that driver's seat. That's what I'm going to do. But if nobody is, is going to get in the driver's seat, 
and I get in the driver's seat, then we're not going to have all these backseat drivers having something to say. They didn't want to get in the driver's seat, but now they want to drive from the backseat. No, baby. Nope, nope, nope. You can, I don't, nope, 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 nope. So anyway, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. It's a new journey. This is new. Like I said, a major shift. The second major shift, um, all of this was housekeeping, you guys. But the second major shift is I met somebody in terms of dating. I've met somebody. <laughs> and I'm a little nervous because I don't want to go into an exclusive relationship right now. So that sucks, right? I want to date multiple people. Like, I hadn't been ready to date. <laughs> you guys know I've been trying to date, been trying to do the online dating. It's been boring. I met, I'm, I've met somebody. But I don't want to go into a one-on-one space. But this person, just like my ex, had one-on-one potential. They had one-on-one potential. And I made the mistake with my ex moving that into a one-on-one. one-on-one. I don't want to do that. So aren't there some major changes? <laughs> I still didn't give you the reflection on thinking, feeling, and doing. Um, uh, The short end of that, just because I hate to tease you, is one of the things that happened when I was told that I was going to be given a new assignment, a new position. I'm taking in all this information. So I have the CEO who's giving me, uh, he's giving me his vision. He's telling me why he wants me to take it over. Then I have people who are considered supervisors over me, they're talking to me and I'm not saying a lot and I can feel that they want a reaction from me and I'm not saying anything, right? But I feel the pressure. I feel the pressure that they want me to say something, but they want something from me and all I'm doing is taking this in, right? I'm taking in the magnitude of what you're asking me to do. This is major. And and I can't even tell you what I'm thinking, though. But I know that I'm thinking. I know that I'm thinking, but I cannot tell you what I'm thinking. And I'm curious about that. Is that an NIDOM? Is that an NIDOM phenomenon or is that an NITE phenomenon? I cannot tell you what I'm thinking, but I know that I'm thinking. And I fully know that in a day, like when he, when I knew it was going to come out. So before, so yesterday was the start of the job. Yesterday was Wednesday. I woke up on Tuesday. I had an action plan. If my boss came back and asked me, what are you going to do? What are the first, what are the first three things you're going to do? I was, I would have been able to say, I'm going to do one X, Y, and Z. But when they were talking to me, I couldn't say any of that. And it wasn't the fact that I couldn't say anything. I It was the phenomenon of knowing that I was thinking. I knew that there was some processing happening. I just couldn't tell you what it was. I'm used to doing that with my feelings. I, I'm used to knowing that I'm having feelings. Mm-mm. 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 Okay, I don't want to run over my clock. I think... I think it's an INTJ having feelings and not being aware of them until a lot, until like hindsight. Oh, I was feeling this. I can talk to you past tense. I've been training myself 
to be aware that you always have feelings, to be aware of your feelings. So I, while I'm now more conscious of feelings, I can't tell you what my feelings are, but I'm more conscious of them. But this phenomenon of thinking and not knowing what I'm thinking is very new for me. And maybe because I've not been in a position where I'm thinking and not acting. I think and act simultaneously. I think and do. My thinking and doing are not segregated. Am I saying that? Nope. They're aggregated. I always get those confused. My thinking and doing are typically aggregated. I'm thinking in writing. I'm thinking in um, deciding. But just thinking purely as just thinking, I don't know that. I, th- I wonder if that's, that's a TI phenomenon, and I've never been conscious of it. But to the last few days, I've just been aware that I've been thinking, and I can't tell you what I'm thinking because the thinking has been stripped from acting. Okay? And then the last thing I want to say about the acting piece is that in the space of being able to take action, and action for me is through my body. If I'm not doing anything through my body, I'm not acting. So there's a body element for me. Even if so, and I'm learning that like, I'll have to come back and tell you later. My CEO is the one that made this, um, brought this to my attention. I do things with my hands. I think I told you guys before, my staff years ago would tell me, They could see me like I would do something with my nose, right? So it comes out through my body. I'm not aware of it. People who are looking at me notice it. it. So I take action through my body. And if the action isn't allowed, you see it in something. It's still noticeable. So anyway, I don't know how I'm going to practice this up, but let me try to bring closure, okay? You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart. If this conversation on um, leadership, really, taking charge, not taking charge, taking action for production, I'm going to call it an assignment, being given an assignment to produce something. If this is related to anything, if any conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it out, right? When I say an assignment, I mean getting the assignment, understanding the assignment, and implementing it, measuring it, mobilizing people, right? All of that is the assignment. There's more to say, but if any of what I've said connected to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link and share it with those participants. And if my moving about in this reflection has caused any randomness in you, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. I'm on Twitter at yournidom1 and YouTube, yournidom. You guys have some YouTube videos. Go check that out. Let me give you some, your assignment. Hold on one second. When is the last time you were given an assignment? When is the last time you were given an assignment? And when you were given that assignment, how did you process it? How did you understand it? And how did you take action? How did you think, feel, and do in that assignment, right? All right, that's all I have for you. You guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you.
until I come back. Be well. Bye.